welcome to episode 88 of Beards of Tech, the podcast formerly known as I for O. Man. I am what? What? It didn't, it didn't fade out. Let's, oh, let's just, that's let's a just, long fade I know. out. I put the whole thing just because we're just going to play music and then go. Well then, and now looks like we it's... Can do it. All right, cool. Guess we're just going to have a take two real fast. Ready? Welcome. What? Are we doing it again? Three, <laughs> two, one. Uh, welcome to Beards of Tech. And that is the first ever take two of episode 88. And I am, I am just touched to be joined by two of the finest gentlemen that I've ever had the pleasure of podcasting with. Um, Ryan Thompson and Jeff. What's going on, guys? I must say I'm incredibly pleased with that note you just hit on the opening, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> little falsetto. Have you been watching that Freddie Mercury movie? I was trying to harmonize with it, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah I do actually really like that movie. <laughs> that, was good, a, that was a pretty good movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, too, on our Skype call, the duck in your background just came out of the blur and showed its face and then went back <laughs> I was, It was actually harmonizing with me. <laughs> Um, oh, but yeah, um, random thought though. Before we actually get started on talking about articles, I watched um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a really solid movie. I thoroughly recommend you guys go watch it. It's like one of Brad Pitt's finer moments in Tarantino films. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I still have to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's like the a very Tarantino approach to that whole period in in time with Hollywood in the '60s and the Manson family and all that stuff. Very interesting. But, yeah. Uh, cause we were just uh, just because you were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody a second oh, ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's yes, but um, previously uh, on the podcast, if you had missed the last week, we had a brief conversation about the folded Galaxy Fold to make a return in September. Um, just a bit of recap on Johnny Ive leaving Apple, just because we were absent during that period of time. Uh, some news about Prime Day and just the the conditions in factories. Just a little enlightener on that, as well as um, other notable things as XCloud announced at E3 for anybody who considers themselves a gamer. Are you telling yeah. me to hold on? Well, lastly, we also talked about uh, Google Pixel 3a and yes, yeah, um, three and 3a, the 3a and the 3a, 3A XL. XL. Yeah, exactly. that one. Yeah, so. <laughs> So a little update on that shortly after we did our episode, um, it actually was responsible. The Pixel 3a and 3a um, XL was responsible for unit sales of Pixel products doubling in the second quarter. Oh, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking Google's going to have a niche market and budget uh, smartphones. I've been I've been like when I'm out and about talking to people to get my hair cut or something like I'll, I'll ask them like. What do you think of the iPhone? Like, what do you think about like going to a new phone? Would you do it? And then like, like you know, Google's got a Pixel 3a for this much. You know, no. Yeah. Just, just to kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm putting feelers out to you. Like, is the iPhone niche kind of fading, or is that something mm-hmm. that's going to be permanent? I don't know. I was talking to a coworker uh, that Thompson may be familiar with, who was another purchaser of the Essential phone when it went on that crazy deal at oh, uh, yeah. on Prime and. He was saying that he's probably getting to the point where he's looking for a new phone. 
um, and he didn't want to spend more than like $400. And I was like, boy, do I have a phone for you? <laughs> exactly. $1 on your yeah. budget. Get him for number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just going to message me like 30 years from now, just like, what phone should I get? <laughs> we'll check it yeah. Listen to our no, podcast and you'll know. I'm more than happy to recommend people phones. It's yeah. like, I, it's not like we talk about it for our podcast all the time like so it's not like i know episode. anything about it or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's uh i'm excited for what google has to announce because we're, we're getting to that point where the podcast gets exciting again because you have and not that it's already not exciting but um we have the phone announcements coming up in september it's smartphone season aka q4 um mm-hmm. yeah so you oh. those big earners uh, that's right I didn't hear anything concrete. I don't have an article to back this, but I was listening to the radio public broadcasting recently, and they were talking about the upcoming smartphone release season and how um, like, the quote-unquote trade war is going to affect it. Yeah, now I'm, oh. I'm thinking we may see the certain phones. They're probably only going to get it more expensive just because these companies haven't moved their parts over from China yet, and China's still a huge retailer and purchaser of a lot of these android phones especially so especially also it's more relevant because they're announcing the note 10 this week too right yeah they're a major manufacturer of components for all phones (laughs) virtually samsung yeah well china China. the chinese yeah 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 (laughs) even more so than just samsung i i just think that like what i'm basically trying to say is in addition to the normal excitement we get from covering this season that's coming up it's also going to be interesting to talk about what's changed about it mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah really cool well yeah. as of today august 5th the market took a big hit so that's maybe a sign of the tide yeah what's well, trying to devaluing their currency so we'll sure. see to avoid getting political yes it's yes. part of the trade of board. course of course yeah just, just strictly economics you want to you want to <laughs> dash into the show notes here yeah I am more than happy to focus on the tech side of the trade war. I think that's an important thing that'll get underlooked and something that not many people are considering. Matt, my but. segue is going to be a sinker for you, but I think you'll oh, be pleased. My heart's going to melt, isn't it? I just said, do you want to dash into the show notes a bit? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you elaborate more on what you mean by that? I'll, I'll, I'll do it, yeah. Uh, okay. So to kick it off here, um, it looks dashing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Dashing. <laughs> Amazon has confirmed that it is retiring the physical stick-on dash buttons from sale. This kind of sucks mm. because I feel like I when I when I am become house, I feel like I would have <laughs> had a couple of like pretty choice use cases for dash buttons, like batteries paper towels, laundry detergent, stuff that like stays in the same spot all the time but is but it runs out. I feel like that would have been perfect for a house. But I don't do you think this is just because they're trying to push their AI and Alexa and Well, well first off, would you guys care to enlighten those who don't know what dash buttons are? Yeah. So <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I remember I remember when these like launched. Uh looks like it was 2015, which sounds about right cuz I remember at the time, I had a coworker who's like, "Oh my god, I got like, I got like five of these things, and they're awesome. It's so cool." So, what my understanding of it is that it would, it, it's a internet connected device, so and you can mm-hmm. place it somewhere in your house. I think it's ad- adhesive based. Yep. I'm not yeah, it's like the, it's like so a three M strip. Yeah. 
Is so, this like an NFC chip? Uh, not really. It's like no. a little micro board. Yeah, and from you you press a button and it typically like has like a label that I think you'd put on it, or you could have like put like, on there already. So yeah, one that I saw a lot was like for Tide, like the detergent for laundry, mm -hmm. and it was a button that you put near your washer dryer or whatever. And when you're getting low on your detergent or your detergent pods, I don't know if those were even a thing back then. You press the button, <laughs> and then. It's linked to your Amazon account, and it knows to place an order for whatever you pre-configure it to order from Tide and have that shipped to your house. So mm -hmm. it's like... Uh, people have... There's been a... There's a huge modding community around these dash buttons, too. <laughs> like, people repurposing them for random <laughs> stuff, which I think is hilarious. Um, people using them to, like, converting them to, like, garage door openers and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah, doing, like... All kinds of scripting with it, but yeah, the the dash buttons I thought were, were like, like I, for me personally, I, I would have thought they were pretty cool. It's like you have a button in the back of like your drawer where you keep your batteries and you just push it. And it's got a Duracell logo on it, and then two days later, more batteries show up at your house or something like that. Um, yeah, but, but now, like based off your question, like, are they going to use AI? Like Alexa just knows that you're sweating a little bit more, so you're stressed about not having batteries, so they'll yeah. suggest it to you. <laughs> What's the humidity percentage in this room right now, Alexa? <laughs> you know, with Whole Foods, yeah. I'm waiting. You open your cereal box, open the cereal bag, and go to pour it, and out comes a little suggestion like, you need some batteries? Yeah. <laughs> for this, for, this, for the sake toy. of our... For the sake of our listeners, we should probably use a different name than triggering their home. To tell oh, probably just, like, yeah. don't want to accidentally order any of our listeners, like, a dozen Duracell batteries or something. Yeah. But Sorry, <laughs> we'll come up with boys and girls. And yeah. Tide Pods. I, uh... Hey, Alexis, uh, can I get some four-ply? No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Andrew, give me this. Right. <laughs> Same four <day> delivery. <laughs> While you're on the can. Uh, <laughs> got something you need to tell me <laughs> oh man hey, we're getting luxurious here you know what I mean? <laughs> next but, thing uh, you know you'll be ordering a bidet oh yeah, right. if only no. <laughs> that's, the, that's the goal right that's the goal <laughs> you get to his using sense yeah. it takes you know, using as... a flusher on the floor where you can hit with your your shoe instead of your hand you know <laughs> It but, takes maximizing your paper usage to truly end up minimizing your paper usage. True. It's a cross out. <laughs> Definitely true. Uh, but to kind of circle back and yeah, kind of to, to, to bounce off that keyword that I let slip, and I apologize if that messed anyone up out there. But um, yeah, so that is the the big push, the big reason it seems that this is like no longer applicable. Like dash buttons aren't really a thing it's because you can now just use that special keyword mm -hmm. and then let's just refer to her as tom hanks for now on yeah you could just say all right tom <laughs> hanks i need some more time thoughts <laughs> can you help me out and he says there's a snake in my boot and you're all set so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes i don't know if, yeah. yeah also just real quick i don't know if you saw toy story 4 but i was cracking up i didn't see it i want to okay. watch it yeah i feel like like you'll be just as caught off guard as I was at how hilarious okay like, part of it was all right anyway. it wasn't like okay yeah well, it wasn't yeah. like morbidly depressing like the third one was to me oh. towards the very end I was no. very sad okay yeah, no. um, anyway yeah so so moving anyways. away from physical buttons now we got you know who else is sad Tom Hanks yeah 
<laughs> but because uh, you know you can no longer push Tom Hanks's buttons, you have to right. now talk to him. Right. So, okay. But another person who's sad is the collective entity that is Twitch, because Ninja has recently departed, uh, moving to the Microsoft streaming service known as Mixer. Um, and for those of you who don't know exactly this whole deal, Ninja is. Uh, arguably the personality when it comes to streaming the video games, especially uh, in particular, his game of choice has been recently Fortnite. Um, so he's been he's been playing that, and uh, he averages like I think he's been lately on Twitch averaging like 60k uh, viewers per session. Uh, he's peaked at a couple of instances at like hundreds of thousands i don't know what his like i don't know what his record is for the number of concurrent streamers at the same time but he has since been moved to mixer with uh what some people are actually rumoring to be a nine-figure deal um to take over as the number one streamer on mixer's platform uh to the point where Mixer is all in on this too. Like, if you sign up for Mixer's streaming service with your uh, Xbox Live, Xbox Cloud, or Microsoft account, um, which you can just do pretty quickly if you already have one of those, um, they right on the front page offer you a hyperlink to Ninja's channel. And from there, they even give you a free sub to his channel. So you can just subscribe to him for free. So, like, they are all in so on can this. I- guy. Can I ask, did either of you two know about Mixer before he moved? Because I didn't. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea what Mixer was. It was like, this is the big trigger for Microsoft. Yeah. Me and Irvin were, when we were developing the, when we were like setting up the streaming platform, we were considering doing a TriCast to Twitch, Ooh. YouTube, and Mixer at the same time. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm open to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you guys well, are. So maybe we can reopen that book when we get our uh, video. Um, elements back up and running and get ourselves set up i have been checking it out a little more recently and i'm i'm actually curious to see like why microsoft hasn't yet made a desktop app for it considering so many users run windows natively right like, I'm, I'm looking i know twitch has the desktop app and i'm looking for it and i'm like i don't see it i have to use the web browser to get in mm-hmm. and it's still it's still missing a, some some of the quality of life stuff that twitch has like third-party support and things like that but yep it's brand it's, new it's up and coming yeah <laughs> i yeah. uh i i during this convo, Googled Ninja, right, and went to his wiki, and also mm-hmm. saw that they like had his Twitch was his top result. I went there. It says the Ninja you're looking for is in another castle. Check yeah. out these oh. other popular live castles. <laughs> Twitch yeah. is salty so, about it. Salty. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> also <laughs> when you go to his wiki, there's links to his personal website as well as Mixer.com/Ninja, and I like just opened it to see what it looked like, and it's him. He's as you would think, currently streaming him playing Fortnite. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got to work that OT right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, but it it looks, I mean, it looks nice. Yeah, I mean, no, I, it's a nice feel, similar it's to Twitch. Like, it's the same concept as Twitch. Like Twitch, you can cheer people and give them bits, right. and on on Mixer, you give them embers, um, and then. On Mixer, can, though, I think you have to you have to be streaming for two months before you start to make you start start to generate revenue, I believe. And there's, yeah, there's actually there's like in community credits you can earn and yeah. gift to streamers you like. Yeah, their revenue model is a little bit different from Twitch. Uh, right. I don't know I don't know the exact details, but um, it's it's interesting. Um, hmm. But yeah, his his when he first went live, he's been playing from Lollapalooza, the music festival. 
Um, when he went live for the first time, he hit 80k viewers, which was higher than his average on Twitch. So it's like a pretty good marker that um, that people are more than willing to follow Ninja more than just based on he's a Twitch streamer. Like he's definitely grown independent of his platform yeah. that he's on. So yeah. who else is just happy we have a third platform here? We don't. <laughs> I'm happy with it. Like, it's competition. YouTube, YouTube and Twitch were just so greedy. Yeah. <laughs> lately. Yeah. In my, here's, my here's the here's the kicker though. I think I think Microsoft has a bigger plan behind the scenes. Of course they do. A I lot of people. Them, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that this is a big move prior to Halo Infinite's release to get Ninja to become the preeminent Halo Infinite streamer on their platform. He's probably and played it. <laughs> this is, well, before, not, like, I did a bit of digging on his history, and prior to... He was Xbox console gamer. Prior to Fortnite, he was a competitive Halo player. Yep. Not even just Xbox. He was, like, one of the best Halo players out yeah, there. That makes sense. I mean, Fortnite kind of reminds me of Halo a little when I watch it, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's the same content-ish. It's a shooter. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this is a move to get him into a platform that Microsoft has. So that way Microsoft can play, can stream their games first and foremost. Like, I think that Mixer is going to be the place to stream Halo. And I, and I'm wondering if we're going to see any, um, any restrictions around being able to stream Halo Infinite. Like, I wonder if they're going to actively, uh, like hunt down Twitch streams of Halo Infinite or something like that. Has he been? Has That'd he be been cool. playing? Uh, well, that's interesting. That's an interesting point. I want to take away from. But has he been playing Fortnite on PC and through Epic's Games Launcher and streaming it to Twitch? And now he's doing the same thing, but streaming it to Mixer. Or is he playing yeah. it on an Xbox now or something? Yeah, like he's that? he's playing it in, uh, on a PC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but he's uh, but he's he's uh, I think well, his Halo Infinite's releasing for PC also. Yeah, that that About was based, that was yeah <laughs> I know that was mainly my question is are they gonna try and make him a console gamer and like potentially ruin him? Or, I mean I'm sure he can play consoles, but yeah. or like his bread and butter's PC is what people know him for. Is he gonna keep doing that? Yeah, I think they see the value in his ability to play PC games, and I think that they don't want to take that away from him. Well, that's um, good. <laughs> That's the draw. Fortnite is the big thing right now, but I think it that is. Microsoft is banking on trying to build popularity for Halo Infinite. And I, I feel like, honestly, there's going to be a huge spike in his viewership on Mixer whenever that game releases, just because of people wanting to see this ex-Halo legend playing that game and uh, pushing that platform forward. And, and like I was saying, I'm, I'm like kind of afraid that Microsoft's going to try to to make ex, to make Halo streaming exclusive to mixer which i think only harms the consumer because now you need if you want to watch like fortnite streamers that aren't ninja you have to you can go to twitch or if you want to watch like streamers of other games like dota or league of legends or rocket league twitch is like the de facto place to go where these big competitions cool. stream and then if you want to watch halo now you also have to have mixer yeah, but if, if they're releasing Halo on the PC, then OBS will be able to take you to Twitch no matter what. So they'd have to pay Twitch a lot of money to keep it exclu exclusive. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what if they try to... Because, like, there, I there, can see there that. Hasn't... I, w I wouldn't put it past Microsoft. Yeah, because there hasn't point. been... <laughs> I'm worried about it because that, that precedent hasn't been set yet. And I feel like if anybody's going to do it, it's the person who's creating a streaming platform with a bunch of creative licenses that they own. Because... 
because they could very easily just flip a quarter and be like, hey, guess what? Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, any Microsoft Flight Simulator, Halo, all that's stuck on Mixer. You can't take that out. That's us. Like they could very easily just take all Minecraft streamers and force them to Mixer yeah. if they wanted to. Personally, like I'm, I've, I've always been a huge Halo fan since the very beginning, and obviously yeah. PC since the very beginning with Halo, and then you know, like two had a release for like what was it Windows, uh, Windows Vista. Oh, pfft. <laughs> 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 that's all I can say about that. But <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I've been waiting for a PC release for Halo for ages, and then they, yeah. they've, just been, they've been so sloppy with it. They had movies stuff. Like I would have gone and seen the movies when they had Neil Blomkamp doing District Nine. That was originally supposed to be mm-hmm. a Peter Jackson produced Halo movie. Like. Microsoft's been ridiculously greedy with Halo. Like they know they have this giant, and they just kind of wave it around in everybody's face, like, "Oh, we could do this," and they never end up doing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. In, my, in my opinion, they've been ridiculously sloppy with the Halo franchise. I just hope they, like, with Infinite, is do we know who the who the um, design studio is that's creating it? Did they bring it back to um, three four three or is it Bungie? I think it's still three four three. Uh, it's the de facto they, they're the de facto thing Bungie's actually independent now too which is interesting I wonder if they'll uh, try to cut some back alley deals with Microsoft because Bungie was originally owned by another company I don't know who they were I don't know who it was but um, they're currently being blamed it might have been EA I don't know but um, whoever it is because they made Destiny under that license right they made and Destiny I tried whoever, it maybe it was Activision I don't know but whoever was owning Bungie at that time there was a lot of rumors that they were restricting the creative, um, like I don't know, I don't know how to say it, like the creative free will of Bungie, mm-hmm. and uh, after butting heads and the failures that were Destiny and Destiny Two in terms of sales, um, they have since left to become an independent publisher. So I wonder if you're going to start seeing like really good stuff come out of Bungie again, or like uh, interesting hope- original ideas. Yeah. Um, that's unrelated to this, but yeah, that's, right. it's, it's still <laughs> like, uh, no, it's still where oh, Halo. Oh, like, one, so. yeah. one interesting. And, oh, if you have more on Halo, go ahead. I, I was going to talk more about the article. So yeah, in go for in it. regards to Nix, uh, Ninja Movement and Mixer, there's uh, something interesting I saw. It was actually another famous uh, streamer, Doctor Disrespect, actually commented on it during mm-hmm. one of his broadcasts on Twitch, and it might have been a like a push for like maybe a nudge to Microsoft for his own sake, but he's making a prediction that if they don't bring in more of Twitch's top streamers, that it's not going to last. Like no one's Mm going to care about Mixer. They're going to be like, all right, whatever Ninja, like there's nine other people who are top broadcasters on Twitch. who are just going to watch there, which I think is half a valid point and half like He's crying for an offer. <laughs> right, but, yeah. he's, he's going for an offer. For... Yeah, but I think at the same <laughs> yeah. time, like they'd almost be silly not to go after him because he like... is another person that people just sit there and watch because he wears a wig yeah. and sunglasses. Like, he's like, also, I don't need you. He's got a reputation. Yeah, he's yeah. A, definitely I think Microsoft has a wants, they don't want rule breakers just yet. <laughs> yeah. uh... They want to keep it clean for the, and then they'll they'll go for the flashy. <laughs> next thing, next thing you know, he'll be doing a selfie in a Microsoft bathroom and getting kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. For anybody who doesn't know, he did that at E3 and got kicked out, and he was temporarily banned from Twitch. He was told not to beforehand. He was. That, that was like <laughs> was an explicit rule, rule that was right? made. Yeah. Yeah, you're not allowed to film on the on in the E3 buildings unless you're press. Yeah. And he was like, hey, guys, it's me. He's coming from the bathroom at E3. And they were just like, hello, no. <laughs> 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 uh, 
but um but yeah i wonder if it's more of like a i don't need you type deal or like you don't need me or whatever like him like trying like a backhanded ploy to like you said get added to mixer and not but I'm curious because they could Microsoft could do a really good thing with Mixer and make a truly good competitor to Twitch, or Microsoft could take the back alley deal and make some really sus moves to make Mixer almost like a, a necessity for people who want to buy into a certain type of stream. Right. Well, or, the thing about Mixers is like, all right, so now we're paying attention to it. How much time do we give it before we just kind of ignore it again? Yeah, is it a like, fad? What, what, we'll right. <laughs> so you got Ninja. That's great. What's the big release behind this? What what what's the big you know thing that's going to keep us here? Well, you guys you guys know how it goes with like streaming to Twitch, right? Like mm-hmm. it it takes a couple of steps, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. kind of annoying, and <laughs> it's also a like plan. not the best, <laughs> not always the best quality. Like I don't I don't know. It's just kind of cumbersome, and they're I, I haven't been impressed with their interface when I've done my streaming. I feel like if it's tied into Windows. And it's Mixer that's doing it. Like Matt's been kind of harping on here, that's going to be like the de facto Microsoft game streaming thing. And also from like potentially the de facto streamer from Windows in general. Um, I think if they have something like built into the OS where it's just like oh, yeah. native, yeah. that's yep. game changing. Yeah. Because when you consider Microsoft, like if you're watching a Minecraft stream on Mixer on a Windows PC, in a Windows app made by Mixer, you are, Microsoft owns 100% of that stack. Yeah, it's, it's going to yep. be like basically like you're watching yourself play both a little latency. Like that's how I imagine it, which is yeah, totally different than how it is right now on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what kind of moves Microsoft yeah. makes. And, and like, it initially comes, like, this article initially came off as, like, a, who oh, look at this gamer moving over to this new streaming platform, big deal, whoop-de-doo. But it's, like, there's so much tech under this that could be, yeah. that could just be game-changing to this entire industry of game streaming. It, yeah. Sure. It, it might they, not... They've had to plan this for months. They had to have planned this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least. But, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, like, you know how they have like built-in apps and like into the OS where it's just like mm-hmm. you sure. can tell it just works better than like a web counterpart of that. I, I can just see it being that basically. And there's so yeah. many yeah. users that'll probably love that. I think mm-hmm. it could be good. I also, you know, circling back again, I know I've done it a couple of times this episode, but mm-hmm. Dr. Disrespect, maybe not the one you want to go for. I don't know what Windows is thinking, but I do think that getting a couple other reputable names in their lineup is a good idea. I also definitely can foresee Microsoft like finding the next star in yeah. streaming. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with AI capabilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time um, to poach a few and promote your own. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I don't know. I think I don't, I definitely would not count Mixer as something that's gonna go away anytime soon just because. I, I don't know, with the exception of the Microsoft phone or Windows yeah. phone, whatever, I feel like yeah. like Microsoft has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really want to see a studio like OBS that's within Microsoft entirely. Microsoft Native Studio, I think that's the big, that's the clinch right there. Yeah. If, if they can own that and design it. I remember when I, I was a filmmaker back in college because I learned on like Windows Movie Maker. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, total crap like, from I back did. in XP. But they <laughs> had it. They, yeah. they, I was like, what is yeah. this? And I was like, you know, you start messing around with DV tapes and stuff, your homemade movies. Just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> throw on that song, throw on that song, Bodies, toss on some papyrus font. Next thing yeah. they had a game montage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a little quick fade transitions. Everybody recognized, like, yeah, that's a Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, <laughs> you see that, like, classic, like, grainy fade? You're just like, yeah. Windows Movie Maker right there. <laughs> this guy's about to play some that. pinball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like video, video slow pan, and it's here. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this montage is gonna be so good. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Quick scopes in Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Oh yeah. <laughs> Counter Strike. Yeah, man. I don't even, I don't I even know how to segue. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna right, help. Yeah. We've been talking about Mixer for like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so for everybody's gotta... sake, including our own, so let's move on to yes. the next article. Let's All talk right. about DARPA. Also, I was going to say with Microsoft, if we have to refer to Microsoft's assistant, we should refer to it as Corey in the house. So you can say like, hey, yo, Corey in the house, play me some Ninja on Mixer, and it'll be like, all right, cool, got you. But okay, moving on. That's the last point I wanted to make just because I thought that was good. It was we're slowly building the names up for each assistant. Um, so, <laughs> didn't you hear, Matt? You don't. Didn't you hear? You don't have to say the trigger word anymore. It's just always listening. Yeah. Hey, right. <laughs> right. No, I'll I'll remember the assistant names. So, yeah. we're good. Um, okay. So yeah, DARPA is building a ten million dollar open source secure voting system. Uh, so essentially, the way what this translates to is that um, DARPA is building, like I said, an open source voting platform that nobody is going to use because everybody's going to want to develop their own open source platform, which is unfortunate. They're not actually pitching this to industry, like voting machine manufacturers, and everybody knows that voting machines aren't exactly the most secure platforms for voting. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. But can it be backed with blockchain? <laughs> 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 yes so and actually it's so it's so much of a throwback also that they run on windows xp with open wi-fi ports for no reason stop no don't tell me that okay <laughs> i'm trying to oh, fight man. my ocd right now <laughs> yeah but we we talked about uh we talked about uh what's it called um the voting village during defcon last year which speaking of yeah. which is yeah. well on its way to having its defcon 2019 so uh, i'm excited Ooh. to report on what comes out of that yeah. um but yeah so this is going to be the first of its kind system which will be designed by an oregon-based firm uh which is a government contractor and they're going to use fully open source voting software instead of the closed proprietary software currently used in the vast majority of voting machines which nobody out of voting machine testing labs can even examine and of course as we saw in the voting village the second that tech did make it out of the closed source all of those machines were hacked within two minutes. It so, is interesting. Yeah, um, and like, it's weird. Like that's not like I wish that was an exaggeration. Not even a single voting machine lasted more than two minutes. Some of them sub ten seconds. And uh, this is a breath of fresh air in this industry because I think this is an industry that has been very, uh, very. I don't even. I can't think of the word. Poignant in the news. Very uh, relevant. In current no, events, noteworthy, yeah, noteworthy, like, yeah, um, yeah, and like, and I think that having this open source solution is only going to benefit the okay. industry and also create a way for people to feel more secure about voting. So, guys, I 
I know that some of our audience is probably not well versed on what open source even means. And mm -hmm. it's talking about secure open source hardware, uh, secure designs, techniques developed. Can you guys just talk about open source a little bit, like in yeah. general terms and just kind of. So open source is both the easiest and the most difficult concept of like <laughs> software that I've explained to people before, because the definition in itself implies some kind of insecurity because it's totally exposed. Um, so long story short, open source software is software that is completely publicly owned. It's all using publicly known software methodologies. It's all like the creative source... commons of software. <laughs> anybody can anybody can grab the source code and utilize it. Anybody can. <laughs> edit it and view it and open it and run it and do whatever they want. And um, the benefit of that is that literally anybody can vet that software. So any research team around the world can take this and run tests on it and verify that it is truly secure. That's, um, uh, that's what I've always wondered about. Obviously, I'm familiar with open source, but uh, like who, who vets the software? Who yeah. does that? testing who posts right. like findings and who's yeah. in charge of versioning so you have like the standard companies that have um like the, the people who produce the software they will in, they will internally test it and they will internally vet it um but once that software is turned to the public there are like security firms who are very interested in uh tech like this and especially if they can get their hands on the source code i'm sure there would be dozens, if not hundreds, of small firms that are more than willing to just pound on the software and see if they can get it to break, especially sure. because it's something as relevant to current events as voting machines. Um, and on top of it, it's the first voting machine platform that is given this courtesy of being exposed to these security firms. So they're, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to vet it. Um, the one part that makes it more difficult to explain is that whenever you say, oh, it's open source, people are like, well, wait, how is it secure if you can just read the source code? Like, everything it's doing is visible to everybody. And the only way that I can say that that makes sense is math. It's math. We're not storing, like, open source stuff doesn't store any of the actual source in plain text. And all of the functions are designed to be one way. So that way, whenever the the records are encrypted and the math is calculated on the voting records. It's encrypted and sent to whatever storage mechanism that they have. And it can only be decrypted by a, either a private key, which is something that's held by one party, or um, it is just locked by math. And it's a one way calculation that you can do. You can write a math problem but you can't figure out any of the components that went into that math problem. And I think I talked briefly about this when we had our episode on Bitcoin and the blockchain. Yeah. Um, not to keep tying things back to blockchain, Ryan. Well, you might as well. <laughs> I think that was a good description, though, man. I like that. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so usually like encryption and all that stuff is how it's secure. And, um, you know, getting away from like Windows XP is always a good idea. So. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> especially if you can make one without Wi-Fi, especially because I've never seen any reason to connect to a voting machine over Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. Well, Which Microsoft in itself has, is riddled with security Microsoft has pretty much like already screamed at itself, like, don't use XP. Like, XP is terrible. If you're going to use it, don't ever connect to an internet network because there's the worst flaws that we know right now are 
exploitable on Windows XP. And it's those... at the point where Microsoft is just slowly backing away from yeah, XP. They're, they're like, we, we <laughs> said we didn't support this anymore. You guys kept using it. And it's like, all right, you're on network connected voting machines and you expect this to hold up. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Every once in a while, Microsoft points at XP and goes, stop it. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, we, you're not welcome here anymore, XP. <laughs> like, Get out of here. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, this is, this is great in that regard. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, again, I'm circling back over and over this episode, but um, open source, um, definitely a long overdue move to make these voting machines more secure. Um, do you know any... Any details about when these will be available? Is this going to take? Is this going to be ready for the next major elections? Um, are there going to be any like test results available to the public? Anything like that? So I don't know. So it's I don't know when they're going to be releasing this. Um, but there's a few steps that have to happen between this being deployed and finished and these voting machine manufacturers adopting this and building it, assuming they even do because most of these voting machine manufacturers just kind of set it and forget it. They manufacture one line with one line of software and that's it. They don't care. Um, Well, the success of this would, would imply deeper ramifications. Wouldn't it? It it imply the possibility of a direct democracy politically. Oh no. A a democracy? Direct democracy. (laughs) Oh, like 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 if people could vote from their phones instead of a voting booth. Oh yeah. It would allow for that technology to happen. Mm -hmm. It could be an app-based. Like, all right, here's 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 the vote for this proposition, or you know, the midterms, or the presidential election, something like that. Yeah. Wouldn't have to go to a voting like booth or any office like that. You could actually just do it right from your phone if the encryption was up to that kind of security, which yeah. It's not yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's but, uh people are always gonna find a way to bust that stuff, but it's um it's something that's interesting and something that's I'm very curious to seeing and it looks like they're building this whole platform as well. Um it's it's gonna involve hardware and software. Um and from what I was reading, it seems like they're actually um architecting a new CPU or they could architect a new CPU which is resistant to those attacks. Uh, or able to understand and determine malicious or correct operations in the software. It's it's not trivial, but it's something that could be done if they wanted to. Just like build this voting machine from the ground up, and right. it's it's just another example of how well documented all of these security vulnerabilities are with our voting <laughs> platform yeah. and how much of an issue it really is. Right. Uh, but it's it's just interesting to see. Like, and this is an extremely in-depth write-up which goes into all the details on what's happening with it and they were saying it's uh, it's normally open source voting system software which just happens to be running on top of cpus Uh, a normal voting machine running on cots which is commercial off-the-shelf hardware will be hacked and a normal voting machine system running on secure hardware will probably not be hacked so what they're saying is is that um, a lot of these machines unfortunately are running off of cots which is commercial off-the-shelf hardware, and not using software and hardware built from the ground up with the intention of voting. Like, for example, it's like, just stick a Dell Optiplex inside of your voting machine and call it a day, and you're good to go. So, right. so the hardware does play a key point, though. Yeah. So there's no backdoors, all that. Well, they could take that a step processing. further and build hardware on it, but right now it seems like it's purely a software solution at the time. 
they haven't they haven't taken the work to go from the ground up yet but it's it's an, I'm, I'm interested to like follow along with this and see if any of these voting security for or these voting firms even pick this up because Same. if oh. they don't pick it up then we're not getting anywhere with this we just have a proven concept that people are just ignoring it's one thing so, yeah. to fund a research project for 10 million dollars to an open source secure voting system it's another thing to have local governments or federal government fund like a nationwide deployment of that voting system. Mm -hmm. And also like people just don't care or like know about this. No, I don't want to say don't care. It's not care, but they don't know that this matters about. Yeah. Right. In regards to they don't understand the technology. They don't want, they don't want international interference in our elections. They, they want their vote to count, but they don't know that, what is being researched here directly applies to mm -hmm. that. Yeah, the technology behind this is not known, and I think even less of a of a knowledge base that people have is that not many people know that voting machines themselves aren't secure. People think I'm pretty sure that like ninety percent of people think it's some kind of punch card system still or something. Like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, hanging not ninety percent. That's a bold. Not ninety percent, but you, you know what I mean. I feel like it depends. I, I don't know. I feel like it, it depends on, unfortunately, where you get your news. But yeah. um, I think it is a more commonly known issue at this point. I don't think that, and I could be wrong and let me know if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone listening to this is like, what, our voting machines are not secure? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like yeah. like if, you went up, if you're on the street and like brought it up to somebody, they'd be like, yeah, I know. Like yeah. if if I know how to use a computer, I know that the voting machines are yeah. not secure. So or if they don't say I know, then they'll be like, oh, what a surprise! Like they're just not gonna be shocked. Like it's it won't be something that's like out of the blue to them. Or you'll get someone who tells you it doesn't matter anyway, or something. I don't know. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the conversation needs to happen, and I think it's important, especially. Well, I know for a fact that all of our listeners have updated printer drivers. They're up to date yeah, on all yeah. the DefCon information, and they're very well versed on um, the benefits of of encryption and and an, a, and an open internet. But that's just our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is interesting, though. I mean, this is cool. This is uh, something that will be interesting to follow up on and see yeah. what what happens with this. It it could very well just fizzle unfortunately which happens with so many things but um would you it, say it might go dark ooh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it might it might I, go dark sorry uh, matt i don't i don't have a uh, level 20 xp to tell you that answer but, uh, <laughs> that was terrible i'm sorry everybody all right i, I appreciated it so Thanks. okay so what i'm talking about going dark is that uh william barr the i think he's the attorney general um he says that the u.s needs encryption backdoors to prevent going dark um <laughs> not quite sure what that means yeah. but i think he's just this is just another example of what we were talking about literally seconds ago that people just don't understand how technology works and especially the 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 biggest problem that we have in our country is that the people who are making these decisions don't know about tech or don't care or are just in the pockets of companies that have special interests i i don't doubt that and it is the u.s attorney general i don't yeah I don't doubt that he doesn't know about encryption, but 
feel like this back door has been in conversation for quite some time and it basically yeah. is just like we need access to all information when we need it mm -hmm. that seems like what he's trying to say here this like is definitely to... something we've talked about before it is and this goes yeah. back to the fbi case with the uh what was it the san bernardino shooting in the iphone mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly where we talked about it because they were trying to pressure Apple into letting them into the phone, and I believe they were denied, if I'm not mistaken. Apple is just like it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, which no, is, too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not the, it's not possible unless you work for Apple. Um, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little uh, undertone <laughs> um, but, there, but yeah. Um, another, it kind of leads me to a point though where. Uh, with this open source software uh, comes a vast knowledge base of easy to write and easy to find software solutions. Um, and things like encryption are well-established math problems. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's a piece of licensed software that you buy from a store that's called encryption. Buy it now, save your, secure your files and communicate with other hackers. It's not like it's something like that is, it is a well-known mathematical formula and then that and that's why the people who say this like come off as ridiculous to literally anybody who knows anything about technology right i just don't and i, I don't he needs to be educated i don't understand <laughs> yeah. how like okay let, let's let's pretend for a second here and go into the twilight zone and let's say okay <laughs> attorney general william barr we will give you your uh, golden key and now you won't go dark ever again. Like, how does that get distributed to law law enforcement agencies for lawful access in appropriate circumstances to technology? <laughs> right. Like, is, am I'm I like, hanging. Here is I'm your golden them, key, sir. Like, word. access this iPhone, or right. is it, like, here's Detective your monthly so pass to stay to light. Technology, which he did not create or understand himself, but he knows how to access his ex girlfriend's phone to spy on her or his current girlfriends like there's so much abuse of power that oh. <laughs> potentially come from this I, it's just not, a ridiculous proposal not only that but like the government can't literally be trusted with their own um nsa secret tools so how the hell are we supposed to trust them with this secret golden key backdoor that breaks math somehow <laughs> well, it's basically, honestly it it's, just it it's... makes me happy that the government can't find everything yet it's like it's, yes there's still yeah. some, okay, there's some so... data protection out there if you, if you it's still working somewhere if you, well that's yeah that's nice to think but they're asking they're asking for a brute password to all devices yeah that's what you they're asking for like <laughs> you know more you know too much <laughs> No, your point was brilliant. Like it is, it's working right now. But yeah, it's they're asking for a root password, and like I, I just don't know what kind of like pull they actually have on this. Like, could this actually happen? Like it's like one of those Patriot Act era scare tactics around right. technology, trying to but, trying to see how much we're willing to give up for the sake of security. So right. so to pose a like scary metaphor it's like the two keys for the bomb you're making one now and like what if someone yeah. else gets that key like exactly i, exactly. I just yeah. i don't know i whereas before there were no keys <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's just like you can't consolidate like, this stuff Cybersecurity no. is like such a commonly thrown around term but it really is so incredibly important especially in this yeah. day and age and even more so in the future and i think that to to create like a, a like a all 
access pass <laughs> to any device or yeah. maybe like one for each device even like i don't know if if our voting machines can get hacked like who knows i, I just feel like it's a huge gap in security and i don't people think... yeah unnecessary people... and then not only that like encryption itself can be broken there's flaws in security there are like not, nothing is perfect as we see and, repeatedly, I don't know if you subscribe to cybersecurity news, but I do. And like every time there's a vulnerability that's released, I get news about it. And it happens all the time. Yeah. There was a big one recently. I forget which. The, uh, the, the there's a financial institution. Are, are you talking about Eternal Blue remote login? No, there was another big data breach. Um, oh, data breach. Well, sure. But yeah, um, either way. So it's Capital One. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, Capital One. Um, let's see here. The hack is said to have begun in March, but came to light just days after Equifax agreed to pay as much as seven hundred million, um, one hundred and six million customers in the U.S. and Canada. So that's how it was. they uh, they exploited a vulnerability in their cloud system to gain access to sensitive information, and apparently they did it using an internal account. So. Even with security, oh. they can just they can just use social engineering and get an yep. account set up. Yep. So it's like there's ways around this. How hard and, is it though? Like seriously, like not to you know tempt anyone to do this or whatever. But if you have enough information about the person you're trying to impersonate, you can trick a customer service rep into thinking you're them. Yeah. Pretty easily. I mean, how often do people give their social over the phone? You don't have to do that anymore. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just... people don't understand security, and and like the the you know you know how they caught this hacker. She bragged about it on Reddit, yeah, or something, or yeah. on like an internet wow. forum. That's exactly like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah. So it's like it, it people are people are inherently not intelligent when it comes to keeping their stuff secret and. And like people just kind of flagrantly don't care about this kind of stuff, and it just ends up biting them in the ass There's... later because they right. they just don't care. And but, but, and when you oh, go ahead, they don't care. They don't think enough to care. They don't know the implications. Right. But they want companies like Apple, like we've been talking about, or these other technology companies to have like the bottom line covered, like the bedrock where you can't get beneath that. Like, if someone comes and tries to take your stuff and they need this encryption key or, like, to just break into your phone, no, we're not going to provide that. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. Um, and then, like, on top of that, if – and going taking it back to the original conversation about the golden key that they're requesting for all software, right. like, once you have this golden key – then how are you going to keep the golden key safe if all of the encryption is gone? <laughs> how are you are going to store it on a flash drive and pass it around whenever someone needs to get into something? Is it going to be a one thing, like a one-time thing? What if somebody copies it to another flash drive because they're tired of going over to DARPA to pick up the flash drive every time they want to access an iPhone? Exactly. Like, well, like, sure. that's the, like there's no safe way to do this. Devil's advocate that like, I would assume it would be certificate based and it would be yeah. distributed on an individual basis or like maybe a group basis. But but aren't certificates still, based on encryption? Which well, the, the golden of, key the would then be weakness, able... <laughs> like, and, like the point of weakness in any system is human failure. Yeah. So I just feel like you're handing out like the golden key for lack of better terms to 
anybody like a golden key is the greatest human even, failure even if people like even people at the highest positions of power are still people so i, yeah. I just don't yep. think anyone should have that like easy pass to everyone's device everyone. and also like your whole life is on the phone on your computer on whatever like you store you do banking on your computer you shop you meet people some people date exclusively online you you like socialize with people via facebook or video games on the computer you go and share ideas and express creativity and publish content and make money and you do everything people can live an entire life on the computer there's literally a game called second life <laughs> and and like uh -huh. And when you take away all the securities around that, then people have nothing. There's no way to to truly stay secure, and there's no way to to maintain any kind of security. And the biggest thing is, is that when you take this security away from the everyday consumer or the average person, all you're doing is just giving it exclusively to the people who are truly trying to commit crimes, just... or the people, or the people who just know how to write an encryption algorithm because it's not hard. There's YouTube tutorials on it. <laughs> I, also, I also feel like so... like the information that they're looking for is probably accessible in like far more obvious ways. Like yeah. if they're if they're trying to look for like like trails of messages for people who have committed crimes at some like giant tragedy like San Bernardino's reference in this article where you know there was there was a tragedy but they're saying that they can't access devices because they're inaccessible because of encryption it's like if 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 you know the individual and you want to access data or communications for that individual i feel like there's a lot better ways to do that than breaking encryption to get into their phone yeah, it's a very roundabout, not good way to solve this problem. And just, I, I, what what are the chances of this actually going through? Slim. From bar, yeah. Uh, like what what are the what's the uh, regulation it needs to pass before uh, it would be enacted? Also, it's coming from the attorney general. It's not going through the house. Yeah. yeah. So I want to know, like he I, he's just saying it. Is he just saying it to be well rhetorical it's something they bring up every once in a while whenever the elections come around as a, uh -huh. a as a point to get reelected. i think, I think they make it one of their issues yeah but i of course honestly who knows but it's but it's so dangerous to wave it's this so around dangerous. as political as political theater it's so dangerous to to just wave this in front of the voters and for people who don't understand like people are like oh the criminals are gonna use the encryption it's like yeah cool they're gonna still use it if you take it away right like all you're doing is just putting it in the hands of criminals and then now they can operate with as this article says with impunity hiding their activities under an impenetrable cloak of secrecy because <laughs> unfortunately for william barr i have a bit of sad news for him i don't think terrorists are using iMessage to talk about their activities yeah i'm pretty sure they're writing their own communications yeah. software and if doing you watch, it if you watch jack ryan they're using a video game yeah, that too. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, that's a really poor example. But I, to speak to your point, yes, I, I think that this is like a moot point almost. It's just, it, it does more damage than it does good, I, yeah. I think. I, it doesn't I, help anybody. I, agree. I haven't been in the it. shoes of people who have dealt with these situations, so I don't know what it's like to like need to access that phone for something and not be able to, especially if it can like 
help prevent the endangering of more lives. But yeah. I think that breaching the confidentiality and the privacy of millions of people, billions, I guess, I don't know, um, is not really solution. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a viable solution. It's not a, a politically correct solution. So yeah, that's my take on it. That's fine. Can I make you guys Thanks, even man. more angry? <laughs> Getting us fired yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Can I make it even worse? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys have heard from either family or just people talking or just news uh, about the Equifax data breach and the ability to file a claim to receive $125 from Equifax. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had done that or even if you had filed a claim or not. I want um, to now. <laughs> I thought about it. Yeah. It's, uh, so there's, they, they recently added a section in the FTC website in their FAQ, section five in particular. Um, I thought I could choose $125 instead of free credit monitoring. What happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, in for better, for lack of terms, this is my, this is my favorite. I'm going to read this verbatim. And then I just want to hear your reactions more, even just to see what your faces look like after I read this. Um, The public response to the settlement has been overwhelming. Millions of people have visited the site in just the first week. Because the total amount available for these alternative payments is is $31 million, each person who takes the money option is going to get a very small amount. Nowhere near the $125 they could have gotten if there hadn't been, this is my favorite part, if there hadn't been such an enormous number of claims filed. (laughs) Ridiculous. And then they immediately push into uh, pitching their free credit monitoring service, which is, quote, a much better value. And... (laughs) It says you can still yeah, choose. I trust cash. that now. Yeah, it's like you can still choose the cash option on the claim form, but you'll be disappointed with the amount you receive and won't get the free credit monitoring. So let me take a look. Um, let the number affected by the Equifax breach. So the number affected is 140 million Americans, oh and you're telling me that they're only setting aside 31 million dollars? Yeah. Just and under half the U.S. population. <laughs> and they're and on top of this, and on top of this, they advertise that you can get hundred and twenty-five dollars if you were affected by this breach. Can someone explain to me how thirty-one million dollars divided by thir- divided by hundred and forty million equals hundred and twenty-five? Like. They're like, it's, it's oh not no! Even, it's it's millions, not funny, really. But yeah, like millions of people have visited the site to guess 140 million to be exact. Right. <laughs> I like how it's the FTC backing Equifax. Right, like Equifax was a private company, supposedly. This right. has to be blatantly illegal. Like, there's no way that the, that they can claim 125 dollars and have people <laughs> sign up to receive the claim and then a week later be like, nah, sorry, dude, too many people showed up. We didn't do the math right. After, after that whole stanza about the free credit monitoring being a better value, the last stanza is you can still choose the caps, the, the cash option on the claim yeah. form. 
but you will be disappointed with the amount you receive and won't get the free credit <laughs> monitoring. Yeah, maybe they, can take all, maybe, maybe they can take all the money they're saving from the handouts and put it towards, you know, free credit monitoring or like something that might help me or, you know, take the free credit monitoring and cancel that service and all the savings you get from that much better value, quote unquote, pour it into money. I would just love to know the actual total value, like the overall value, the net value of Equifax. What is the value of Equifax? They're considering huge. considering Equifax exists solely to record keep the financial status of all United States citizens, right? That's the, the yeah. entire purpose of Equifax. It's basically to establish your socio your, or keep records on your socioeconomic status. That's that's basically all it is. Yeah. Uh, Equifax. Wow. Equifax. I'm reading financials now. Equifax has a net income in 2017 of 587.3 million dollars. Where's the money coming from? Uh, Their total (laughs) their total equity is 3.24 billion as of 2017, and their total assets are worth 7.23 billion. When you get a credit check done, is that where the money's going? 3.37 billion revenue. Just just to clarify. So what? So they can ding your credit report for checking your credit report? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you just dropped three points because you just did a hard check. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the hard check that you offered me. Yeah, they they made all their money off of their their previously not free monitoring. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's so, like, can you imagine, like, that company that you're like, hey, keep my personal information safe. But you, first off, don't even know this company exists. Right. And then second off, they come up to you and they're like, oops, all of it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And then well, that's, like, how oh, for, that's how it was for everybody. It was like, I didn't even know Equifax existed, let alone that yeah. they knew who I was or knew my credit information. And then all this stuff gets breached. And yeah, I'm expecting to just be cool with backing it. Them. It's like it's a branch and, of the federal government. And, it's and, literally and, acting as one. Hang on. And then they're like, hey, guys. They're like, hey, oh. They um, should be sued into submission. They for, should be just put in a bankruptcy and gone. Like, how well, dare they? Well, that's, <laughs> Why that's, is the federal government backing them? That's, that's like, one gone. thing. It's like, it's like, like, this company just sucks. But then also, <laughs> it you take Matt's math into account, right? It's like you take this this $31 billion divided by this many, <laughs> however many million people, it doesn't equal $125 per person. But then furthermore, it's like, who wants $125? And it's like, okay, I'm cool with you like, it's, just leaking yeah. all my financial information, like everything about my life. It's like, wow, but thanks. This is almost half of a Nintendo Switch. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Not even, dude. It's like this can buy me, like, what, th- like a couple days of groceries or like. Just like, like oh my goodness. <laughs> thank you. You got me one yeah. year of Amazon. Cool. Prom. Thank that you. Had your identity it. stolen? We're sorry. Here's $125. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We can't even bag that. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't worry, risk. guys. We got this oh. scan. We, we'll keep an eye on the dark web for it's you. Okay. It's okay. It was worth the risk I scanner. didn't sign up for. <laughs> I love those commercials. Where's the scanner coming from? <laughs> this deep dark web scanner. Yeah, the dark web scanner. Oh, God, dude. It's so. So bad it's ridiculous like yeah. i it's the fact that it only makes it better is that it's on the ftc's website. ftc why <laughs> why <laughs> let it go let it they go you the, still have transunion <laughs> don't worry they got the the big ass web 2.0 file a claim button at the very top of the page so awesome <laughs> yeah, anybody wants, there's going to be a class action wanna, lawsuit for the class action lawsuit. Yeah, uh, if you want to file a claim and not get anything besides, uh, you know, free monitoring, go for it. 
Yeah, for sure. <sighs> it's just it's so bad. I'm exhausted. This world just, is insane. Yeah, this this is exhausting. I for like I almost oh, forgot about the Equifax thing, honestly, because it they tried to our, brush it under the rug. We, well, yeah. we took our hiatus too and like, stopped talking quick. about it. But like, when we first talked about it, I was like, no. No, no, no! <laughs> and like, <laughs> now we're covering it again, and it's worse. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, maybe we'll hear something. I was like, the $125. I was like, wow, that's much better than any class action lawsuit claim that I've ever been a part of. And isn't that but, sad so I guess in itself? Nice. Isn't that sad in itself? Like, $125 is a, like, oh, great win. Like, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Free money? Yeah. It's it's free, so. money. Oh, free money. Free money? money uh, but then again it's like, like oh no if you want to sell your information to someone you'd probably want more than 125 dollars yeah your yeah. identity is out there so <laughs> all to, your in, social in, security all your personal oh information somebody God. could steal it for nothing in it's, summation it's in summation someone could have gone ebay or like i don't know like craigslist and be like give me all your personal identifiable information like everything you got accounts, i'll give money you market accounts, i will all those, give you all those a eggs you worked so hard yeah. to save over the years yeah. all this stuff i'll give you a whopping 150 dollars so you'd be like that's way better than equifax can do so yes. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine like you you like you're checking up on like a moving company who's like moving your stuff out of your house and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, the truck detonated on the way to the new house and they're like, But don't worry guys, here's a quarter. We found it on the street. Right, right. Don't worry about it. But we can't even give you the full quarter, but we can give you a nickel. Yeah. And like yeah, and then they like they gotta they like reach their hand out with the quarter and you go to grab it and you're like, Oh sorry, I meant this hand. Sorry, I really need this for gas. Uh, <laughs> your car like just a... blew up, what gas? It's like one sixteenth of a shred of a check. It's like not even usable. Metaphorically, I'm giving the Fed my my. I'm showing them who's number one on this one, guys. I don't want to cuss on a podcast, but yo, this is outrageous. Yeah, it is. It's just sad. Come on. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad it's on the FTC website. Yeah. All right. So you're showing you true colors now. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's so bad. Uh, the. The market value of this product that they're pushing to people is hundreds of dollars per year. So Ooh. they could they could honestly take the money that they're going to save and not offering this product and just turn that into more money for the $31 million that somehow was the final number that they agreed on for 140 million people and then claimed you're going to get $125. Right. That's insane. It's right. just dumb. I'm, I'm really hoping that there's another class action lawsuit or this gets reopened. And gets attention. It's just, it's this so, needs attention. It needs attention. It needs attention. I feel like people would be up in arms if they knew more about it, but nobody knows. It's like, what, what's Equifax? I don't know. Yeah. And then it got swept under the rug. Yeah, especially because like, people have come up to me and like, hey, did you go for your $125 claim yet? And like, they still think they're getting $125. That's all they care about. <laughs> only because, and it only Free took, money. Free it money. only took websites noticing that the FTC updated their FAQ about the breach. Right. Sure. So, well, cool. Anyways... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's time to, to bring up. the show to a close. We're right on time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see, let's uh, let's do a little a little end of show. Uh, let's, let's end on a high note. Let's end on a high note. Yeah. So, yeah. A little positivity. <laughs> so, as you guys know, we've been rebranded, Beards of Tech. Beards we of have tech. a brand spanking new website hot off the press hot off the, with the wordpress i 
Maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't but even know. But w- the, the <laughs> you can go to www.beardsoftech.com. That's our new spot. That is a way cooler spot than what we're used to. Um, you can find all our episodes there. You can click on our individual pictures, check us out. You can do all kinds of stuff here. And not only that, it's got links to every single social media and streaming platform that we are on. It does, so. which is really cool. Um, <laughs> If, also, if you guys haven't seen our faces, our beautiful faces yet, I know you've been listening for a while, but if you haven't seen them yet, you got to go on there and just to check out the beards. Yeah. <laughs> if you're driving in your car, pull over and, and safely perform the task of opening up your phone and going to www.beardsoftech.com. And it's it renders beautifully on mobile. So <laughs> It does. It does. <laughs> so yeah. easy, as, easy as can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if And if you don't feel like doing that, you can find us literally anywhere else. Just look for Beards of Tech. We're there. So I used to have to list off all this stuff, but now I can safely say that it's basically, except Mixer, literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you can um, also uh, subscribe to us through our website. We have mm-hmm. uh, beardsoftech.com slash subscribe. If you're not currently doing so through whatever uh, podcast app you're using, we have an RSS feed, which can help you do that. You can copy and paste the URL, which is in our subscribe page, um, into your favorite podcast app to do so. And then we also have several options where you can just search for us and follow us. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, this has been the first ever episode 88 of beards of tech and we will see you guys next week or whenever we can get it again because we're still ironing out our schedule but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you but soon it's okay. we yeah. still love you bye